Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. media and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy our show, please write us a review on the podcast app. Also, share us with a friend. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by the Song of Nightingales. Tonight, we'll read excerpts from the book Fresh Fields by John Burroughs, published in 1896. The main section we will read is titled At Sea. John Burroughs was an American nature essayist, active in the U.S. conservation movement. Burroughs accompanied many personalities of the time in his later years, including Theodore Roosevelt, Henry Ford, who gave him an automobile, and Thomas Edison. get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. At sea, one does not seem really to have got out of doors till he goes to sea. On the land, he is shut in by the hills or the forests or more or less housed by the sharp lines of his horizon. But at sea, he finds the roof taken off, the walls taken down. He is no longer in the hollow of the earth's hand, but upon its naked back with nothing between him and the immensities. He is in the great cosmic 
out of doors, as much so as if voyaging to the moon or to Mars, an astronomic solitude and vacuity surround him. His only guides and landmarks are stellar. The Earth has disappeared. The horizon has gone. He has only the sky and its orbs left. This cold, blue-black liquid through which the ship plows is not water, but some denser form of the cosmic ether. He can now see the curve of the sphere which the hills hid from him. He can study astronomy under improved conditions. If he was being born through the interplanetary spaces on an immense shield, his impressions would not perhaps be much different. He would find the same vacuity, the same blank or negative space, the same empty, indefinite, oppressive, out of doors. For it must be admitted that a voyage at sea is more impressive to the imagination than to the actual sense. The world is left behind. All standards of size, of magnitude, of distance are vanished. There is no size, no form, no perspective. The universe has dwindled to a little circle of crumpled water that journeys with you day after day and to which you seem bound by some enchantment. The sky becomes a shallow, close-fitting dome or else a pall of cloud that seems ready to descend upon you. You cannot see or realize the vast and vacant surrounding. There is nothing to define it or set it off. 3,000 miles of ocean space are less impressive than three miles bounded by rugged mountain walls. Indeed, the grandeur of form, of magnitude, of distance, of proportion are only upon shore. A voyage across the Atlantic is an eight or nine day sail through vacancy. There is no sensible progress. You pass no fixed points. Is it the steamer that is moving or is it the sea? Or is it all a dance and illusion of the troubled brain?